Easter in a week, we're going to be looking at one of the events that led up um, to, well, that happened in the week before Easter. So to start off with, I just want you to look and I'm going to ask you not to shout out. I'm going to ask you to put your hands up to give the kids a chance to. Um, but we're going to put a photo up. There you go, of a celebration. I want to know what it is. Okay, I just want some guesses as to what you think that celebration was. So if you think you know, put your hand up. Oh, wow, really? Nobody? Queen's Jubilee. Perfect, the Queen's Jubilee. I expected a few more hands for that. Um, I maybe should have brought chocolate. That might have helped. Next one. Um, I don't know if I'm in the way of people. Any ideas at all? They're buses, in case you can't see. They were much brighter on the screen I put them on. Any ideas? Oh, Benji. <laughs> I'd like to point out he hasn't seen this. Oh. Liverpool celebrating. What were they celebrating? Uh, winning. Winning, yes. So this was Liverpool's parade. Um, the football team through Liverpool and that... that Massive crowd is a lot of their fans. Um, I would just like to point out, Roger, that I talked about this with Pete, and his suggestion was that I didn't use a Spurs photo because it might be black and white. Um, okay, moving on to the next one, and uh, hopefully you can see the horses at the front. This really isn't a very big picture, is it? Um, hopefully you can see the horses at the front and maybe the soldiers. Anybody got any ideas? Ooh. Rome. Rome, yes. Brilliant. Fabulous. A Roman victory parade. So this would have been when a new king came into a city and he would have paraded at the front with his white horses. And as you can see, there's all the soldiers lined up and there's all the crowds there as well. So today, we're going to look at the triumphal entry. So I've always thought that this is a bit of a crazy story because I reckon if someone got on a donkey tomorrow and rid it down Main Street, I don't think anybody would throw their coats in front of it. Um, there might be some shouting. I'm not sure it would be the praises that Jesus was getting and I'm pretty sure nobody would go and cut branches off a tree. Um, I think that might not go down too well with anyone. Um, so I always felt that this was a really odd story. But to understand it, we have to understand the culture and what was going on at the time. So Jerusalem was really busy at this time of year because it was the Passover. So loads of Jews had come into the city, especially for the Passover. And the whole riding on a donkey, there was a prophecy in Zephaniah, which we're going to put up. And it says this. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The Jews would have known all about this prophecy. It was said in the Old Testament, and um, they would have been hoping that this would happen in their lifetime. They would have been expecting it. So when Jesus came in riding on a donkey, for many of them, this was that moment. They knew that, it was, that this was the point that their Messiah was coming. And that's what they believed he was. They believed that he was the Messiah, the promised deliverer of the Jewish nation. However, 
I think they saw him a bit differently to how we see him. So at that moment, they would have seen him as the person coming to save them from the Romans, the person coming to take them out of the oppression they were in and actually bring them to freedom. When you saw the victory parade before, that was how a Roman king or high official would have entered the city having kind of conquered that city. They would have come in on their big white horse with the people, the high officials and maybe the king that they had conquered walking behind them probably in chains and then their massive army would have walked behind that and the people in the city would be expected to praise them and shout celebrations to them because they were the new leader, they were the new king. And that's how the Jews saw Jesus coming in. They saw him coming in on this donkey as this massive parade before he was going to defeat the Romans and conquer the Romans so that they could all be free. But as we know, that didn't go quite as they thought. A few days later, Jesus died. And it kind of all seemed to go wrong. And I'm just going to invite up um, a couple of people um, who are going to give us the view of the disciples and two specific disciples. These two disciples were on their way to... Oh, sorry, I've totally lost the plot. Where were they on their way to? Emmaus. Emmaus. So they're on their way to Emmaus. Um, and I'm just going to invite them up. Hopefully they're going to come. Here they come. Okay. Okay, guys, so let's just, let's just talk about the events of this week so far. Um, were you there when Jesus came to Jerusalem on his donkey? I was, yes, but it, it was well before then. We've been, both of us have been with Jesus for, oh, it's been a year or two now, hasn't it? Yeah, a year or two. Uh, when did you join? Well, the thing was, both of us had given up an awful lot. I was a tent maker very successful tent maker, wasn't I? And uh, I, had a lovely, I had a lovely house. I had a lovely wife. I had 16 children. <laughs> and I just bought myself a new chariot. Yeah, and he's talking too much. So, I, I was there with Jesus when he sent us out to go out into the towns and the villages. And wow, we saw people healed. We saw demons cast out. We saw everything. This is what our Jesus did. And then we were here last week when he came into Jerusalem. We were here when he rode in on donkey. He was supposed to be a horse. He was supposed to come in on a horse as a conquering king. And he chose a donkey. We thought he was going to be a white horse, didn't we? Absolutely. And he chose a donkey. Was it your coat he sat on? Yeah, I actually went, you know, I, I, I expected, because Jesus, I mean, what an amazing, I mean, that day was fantastic. I mean, as we went there, everybody was worshipping, and oh man. oh, man, them palm trees, hey, I wish I'd been selling palm trees that day, I'll tell you. <laughs> so, so that just, so that happened just a few days ago, but then two days ago, Jesus was crucified. So, like, what's happened? They were celebrating like crazy, and then it's 
seems to have turned a bit. The crowds, the crowds, they're there one moment, they're shouting his praises, and the next minute they're baying for his blood and shouting, Barabbas, free Barabbas. This, is our, this was going to be our king. If he hadn't been crucified, if he hadn't been killed by the Romans, he was going to be our king. He was going to be our saviour. And the crowds turned on him. They turned on him. So how do you feel about the turn of events? I mean, we're on the road to Emmaus. Like, what's going on? Where are you guys going? Well, we're actually going back home now, back home to our families. We're very... Obviously, we thought that Jesus was going to come and conquer the, the Romans. I mean, when I was uh, in my tent business, I mean, the Romans, oh, they were... I tell you, they wouldn't have taken a, a little bit of tax. You know, so I, I really felt it. So I thought when Jesus was... When we started to follow Jesus, our lives were dramatically changed. Like you said. He brought healing. He brought such change. And now, it's all gone. Everything. It's just stopped. We thought he was going to be the prophet. The prophet that would bring Jerusalem, Judea, the whole of Israel back to what it used to be. An independent nation, free of the Romans. And it's gone. Well... I'm sorry that it's been such a horrible couple of days for you, and I hope the rest of your journey goes a bit better. Thank you. Thank you very much. So I'm hoping that you heard in that the disappointment and the hurt and the upset, because I just think it's so easy to forget that we know the whole story to kind of just jump over this bit, those couple of days where the disciples had such horrible days for a couple of days, or maybe even a few more days than that. And actually, it's really good that we understand what they felt. These two disciples had left the others. They'd gone on, they'd gone home, they'd left Jerusalem, they'd kind of given up. And as we know, Jesus meets them later on the journey and gives them a better explanation of it. But they were so disillusioned because it was just another failed prophet. And yet, at the triumphal entry, riding on the donkey, Jesus knew his destiny. He knew what he was doing. He was, in truth, the king of the Jews, just like he was crucified. But in order to be the true king, he had to die to overthrow death, and to establish an everlasting kingdom. You can see why the Jews thought that Jesus was going to come in and lead a rebellion to save them, to lead a revolution. Because actually, when you look through the Old Testament, time and time again, that's how God shows up. He brings someone forward that leads them out of slavery or leads them out of the terrible situation they're in. Jesus was different. He was a king, but he had different priorities. We talked about how he came on a donkey, and our disciples mentioned how they thought he'd come on a horse. The donkey was known as a servant horse. You might have heard it called a creature or beast of burden. 
They were known for being creatures that held heavy loads, that did the work that served. Very different to those white horses that the conquerors came in on. And yet Jesus, the servant king, comes on a servant horse to serve us by dying on the cross. It's like the Jews have just got it all upside down. And yet, Jesus comes and he dies. And he reigns victorious again as he rises again over death. And he frees us, not from the Romans, but for eternity. We sang it in that song before. This is Jesus in his glory, King of heaven, dying for me. It is finished. He has done it. Death is beaten. Heaven beckons me. That pretty much states what Jesus did for us. In John 3, verse 16 and 17, verses you'll know very well. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. There's a point in the Bible, in fact, it's not very far before this, so it didn't happen a long time before the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And it's um, a little interesting thing where Zebedee's mum comes along and asks Jesus whether her sons can be on his right and left. And Jesus answers her after all the disciples are starting to get upset because actually they'd like to sit on his right and left and why should it be those two? And he comes in and he says, it shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant and whoever would be first among you must be your slave even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. We know today, because we've got the whole story, that Jesus died to save us, and he rose again from the dead victorious. I'm going to just put one more scripture up that talks about the victory. Can I have the next one, Nathan? Thank you. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we're just going to finish with a little bit of a competition. Because when they were praising Jesus as he rode along on his horse, there were three phrases that um, the people shouted. And I'm going to get you to shout them in a moment. We're going to have a little bit of a competition. We're going to have this side here to there. Okay, so all that side. You're going to say the green phrase for me. This side here are going to say the yellow. And this side are going to say the red. So we have, so Hosanna to the son of David, which is a special honor to the one who saves. It recognizes Jesus as the son of David, as the son of God. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord is a shout of praise or adoration made in recognizing who Jesus is as he enters Jerusalem. And Hosanna in the highest heaven. The Jews were acknowledging Jesus as their Messiah. And today, we can acknowledge Jesus as our Messiah, as our Savior. So, we'll maybe give you a practice first. So, so this side, do you just want me to count you in or can you manage it? 
Okay, so one, two, three. Okay, you're doing blessed. One, two, three. Okay, and over here, one, two, three. Now that was loud. Just saying, you guys need to do a bit of work because they were loud. Okay, are you ready? You're all going to go at once and I'll see which phrase I hear loudest. One, two, three. Nice. I can't tell you who was loudest, but that's a little bit of what it would have sounded like when Jesus came into Jerusalem. So we're going to finish today's service worshipping like they did when they celebrated Jesus coming into Jerusalem, knowing that we know the end of that bit of the story and that Jesus is victorious. We know that actually, yes, he died, but he died to save us and to become victorious for us. And then he rose again. Mm -hmm.